This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by UBCP ACTRA, a.k.a. the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists, the national organization of professional performers working in the English language recorded media in Canada. For more information about UBCP ACTRA, visit ubcpactra.ca. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart of the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Rani Firminger. Today, I am deeply honored to welcome writer, director, filmmaker, actor, cat owner, dog owner, and friend of the pod, Mary Galloway, back to the YVR Screen Scene podcast to talk about her new film, The Couch and Sweater, Our Knitted Legacy. Even if you don't recognize The Couch and Sweater by its name, you will absolutely recognize it on site. The thick yarn, the distinctive patterns, the warmth of the raw sheep's wool. But a couch and sweater is more than just a couch and sweater, especially for the Coast Salish people from the couch and tribes who make them. It's a provider of life, literally as a way to put food on the table. It's a way to connect to ancestors. To quote one of Mary's interview subjects who opened the film, couch and sweaters are iconic. Couch and sweaters are our path forward in so many different ways. Couch and sweaters are a look back and a look forward all at the same time. Mary hails from Coast Salish territory, and her beautiful film brings viewers into the past, present, and future of the couch and sweater, while also taking us along on a deeply personal quest to recreate a sweater that was worn by her late grandfather, Chief Dennis Alphonse, who was chief for 40 years. The Couch and Sweater, Our Knitted Legacy, originally broadcast on CBC television and is now available on CBC Gem. And thus, and therefore, we have Mary Galloway with us today to talk about her journey into this important part of her own legacy. Mary Galloway, welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Sabrina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, and it's so great to see you again. I'm very happy to see you and the snow outside your window. And I am also going to tell our listeners, um, Mary has a dog somewhere near her today. And if that dog barks, we will be talking about the dog, too, because that is the policy here on the podcast. You mention your pet, or you, we hear your pet, we dedicate some time to the pet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and if my dog barks, that means my cat's meowing. So we'll also talk about the cats. Uh, the cacophony of the animals. We love it here. I hate it when it's happening over here in my place, but at your place, I love this. I love looking into your world. Mary, 
tell me about your earliest experiences with couch and sweaters. Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, gosh, my earliest experiences, I I couldn't really pinpoint when that was because they've always been around me my entire life. Um, mm. This during the making of this film was the first time I've ever had one made specifically for me, which was really cool. Um, and I've had one passed down to me from actually my grandfather on my father's side, which is my Caucasian side. Um, his uh, his father-in-law had a couch and sweater. And so my great-grandfather's sweater is still in the family. And I had that for quite a few years. Um, oh. And so, yeah, that one's been in the family for a while. And that's actually one that's in the film. If you remember those shots that are like kind of like inside the sweater and mm -hmm. like the sweater that has like a back black drop and the sweater is very like central. That's my late great-grandfather um his sweater that's been passed down Don Clark and uh so that's kind of the first one I've ever worn um so it's really a, a grandfather like story for me in so many ways and um wow so we get to see you bring us literally into the DNA yeah. of a sweater that is like your family story Yes, yeah, exactly. And then I also inherited uh, when my aunt um, passed away, my Aunt Caroline on my mother's side, the couch inside, when she passed away, uh, it's our cultural tradition to um, have some of the belongings kind of uh, inherited and passed down as it is in lots of cultures, but uh, specifically I was able to, uh, to inherit and was given her her couch and slippers. Oh. Um, so I've had like inherited knitting for a long time. Um, but yeah, this the making of this documentary and the journey I went on uh, to have one made for me. That was the first time I've had one that was only mine and mm. um, made just for me, tailored to fit me. So so that's kind of the broad history of couch yeah. and sweater, couch and knitting and me. And you. Well, what compelled you to make this film? You know, because this is something that I imagine uh, that, I mean, but you described, you know, you, there are these sweaters that have been passed down and slippers. And what we see in the film are, you know, mainly women, you know, sitting around doing all, all sorts of other stuff, talking, whatever, and yet always having the, the yarn. I was just fascinated with the women's hands, young hands, old hands, sitting around, that it's something that was always around you whenever you're there. But what was it about the sweater that made you be like, this would make a great movie or I want to dedicate a significant chunk of my life and time to making a film about the sweater. Yeah, so it was actually um, the brainchild originally of Ron Rice, who's in the film. He's the executive director of the Victoria Native Friendship Center. He's Cowichan. And the Victoria Native Friendship Center has been around for a very long time and doing a lot of great work. And in the recent years, as he expresses in the film, they've shifted from being primarily um, like trauma response uh, programs to cultural revitalization. Mm. And so it's his 
dream and goal to revitalize couch and knitting. And, and so they originally started out saying, well, why don't we do like an ad? Why don't we make like a two or three minute ad for couch and sweaters to try to, you know, get the word about them out again and kind of get the um, excitement back in the industry and stuff. And, and then it kind of just kept growing and expanding. And I, I feel like our ancestors are really watching out for it. And we're like, mm -hmm. actually, this needs to be a whole documentary film. And they brought on, they interviewed me for the job. They were looking for who's a couch and director that we can have champion the story and be the voice for the story. And they reached out to me and uh, we met. And turns out that Ron and my grandparents on my mother's side were very close for so many years. And oh. he had no idea I was an Alphonse because my I took my father's last name. And so in our meeting, I brought up this photo of my late grandfather, Dennis, and uh, showed him and said, you know, I, there's this photo I have of my late grandfather, and I love his sweater, and like, maybe I can incorporate this into the story. He went, your grandfather's Dennis Alphonse, the late chief Dennis Alphonse? And I was like, yeah. He's like, I was very close to your grandmother and your grandfather, but I worked more with your grandmother, and I would love for you to tell this story. And so he brought me in, the stars all aligned in order for I wow. think, that all to happen. And so then it just sort of grew and expanded. And then I brought in that element of my grandfather's story. And honestly, it was terrifying and also very um, much a huge honor to be asked to tell the story because it's it's such an iconic piece of our culture and it's become world renowned and and it's gone through so many hardships and triumphs and all these things. And I'm like, okay, like I'll, I've been asked to tell the story. I'll tell this story. But it was terrifying to be the person in charge of something so precious and so like so massive for our community. This film has changed me in so many ways. I mean, I wasn't a documentary filmmaker before this. This was my first run at documentary filmmaking, and it was so hard and so easy all at the same time. It was like the story just unfolded the way it was meant to unfold. And we had a lot of challenges. We had a lot of speed bumps that we hit and kind of walls we hit where we're like, can we keep going? And, and I think this film really taught me uh, tenacity and um, and how to conduct myself with integrity within the film industry. There was times during this filming where, like, to be blunt, like shit happened, like shit that made it feel like there's not it's not the right whatever circumstances we shouldn't like we should maybe take a pause or people who were maybe trying to um, be a part of the project that shouldn't have been like it just was lots of lots of things really going wrong and it took years like I've been they've been planning this since 2001 I want to say and then I got brought into 2022 and now it's almost 2024 and it's been like a couple of years of grinding of like making sure that we're telling it right so um you know it's been really hard and ultimately the exact right people who were supposed to tell this story told this story 
And it um, has really also just kind of embedded in me a sense of um, like strength in my work because I got to sit with some of our most cherished and most talented and strong matriarchs in the knitting community and listen to them and they shared with me their personal stories and and they opened up to me and they allowed me to carry this story we you know asked permission from the elders before we started filming and and they granted us permission to tell this story and um and I just feel like it's really taught me a lot about holding true to uh what is important and to making sure I'm making the most positively impactful film I can uh, mm. in everything that I do, because, um, you know, we had a lot of challenges and there was a lot of times where it felt like it wasn't right. And, uh, and I had to speak up and, mm. and like, just also, I don't know if you noticed this, Sabrina, while you're watching the film, but the knitters, especially the like oldest woman that I got to interview, they are so strong, but in such a gentle way. And like, it's just the most incredible thing. And I just, I think that I have all these women's knowledge and also Chuck, one of our male knitters, his knowledge too, and his strength, that all of their strength kind of behind me now, I feel like. And I just absorbed all, as much as I could from all of them. And so it really has changed me in a lot of ways. Can you talk a little bit about the the ways, you know, that this, I love that I'm saying it's like this one, this one sweater. It's just one individual item of clothing. No, but like the couch and sweater in general, uh, how it the impact of the sweater on on women, you know, and what it's and, you know, what it says about, you know, the role of women, you know, in your community. Yeah, which I learned so much about during this filming. Um, so something that is really mind blowing to me is the fact that during the the era of when indigenous people weren't allowed off the reserve and we weren't allowed to vote women or i don't even think indigenous people could vote either so we had no real means we're getting cut out of all of the other industries like fishing and canning and all of that and yet our women carried us through and kept food on the table through their knitting in the Salish territory. It's really a beautiful thing that this practice has kept us alive, has kept us fed, has kept us warm, literally, mm. has um, made a mark on history around the world. Like there's people on the other side of this planet who, if they see a couch and sweater, they know that it comes from this side of the world mm. and from this very specific part of the Salish territory, like it's something that has has shaped our people and supported our people for over a hundred years, and um, and it's keeping our culture and our tradition going. And our youth are starting to learn knitting, and well, they youth have always been learning, but they're starting to learn more now. And um, and you really learn patience and dedication and um like a fine skill that that is so unique to our people and it's so beautiful and the sweaters are so incredible um so yeah if that answers your question 
it answers that question and also my next couple of questions. What what are some of the main challenges facing Howitchin knitters today? There's uh, so much cultural appropriation when it comes to couch and sweaters and uh, Salish knitting. And so the either knowing or unknowing appropriation that's happened over the years, uh, there are people who appropriate it and don't even know it, but uh, it's just as harmful as intentionally stealing the designs and uh, mass producing and selling them uh, for a fraction of what the knitters sell them for and driving down their prices. Um, that's one of the main hardships. You know, um, Aritzia had a knockoff for so many years. And like, how is uh, a, a nation of like, I think we're about 5,000 people supposed to take on a incorporation that's like this massive, like million, multi-million dollar company like it's really hard but at the same time we actually did take on a massive company I don't know if you remember Ralph Lauren mm-hmm. um, well and the Cowichan tribes took Ralph Lauren to court and won and so it's like this sort of um like the hardships don't outweigh the triumphs and I wanted to make sure we touched on the cultural appropriation and the hardships that our people have gone through, but I wanted to make sure that the film focused on celebrating and honoring the sweaters and getting to tell a love story about the sweaters and the knitters. And so, you know, the hardships are a big part of the history, but also not what I wanted to focus on for the film. And um, I mean, that's just one, like there's also a scarcity of wool on the island. The wool mill that Sarah Modest had had to shut down many years ago. So there's only um, non-Indigenous people selling wool. And there's like basically two main sources of wool on the island that are white run and um, and they have a monopoly on it and they can tell knitters, no, you're not allowed to buy wool today. No, I don't, I don't like you today. You don't get wool. Or uh, we're running low on wool. We're going to double the price. And if you want it, you got to pay for it. Or, oh, if you want our wool, you have to sell your knitting in my store or uh. like things like that in the past. There was one of them who would sell wool to knitters, but pay uh, and then sell their knitting in the store, but then only pay them in store credit. So they couldn't even make money and go out and use money elsewhere. They had to just use what they made off of their knitting at that store to get their wool, to buy more wool or get something from the store that they bought it from. But like, there's just gross malpractices happening on Vancouver Island. And yet, yet we flourish. (laughs) Yet you do. They do. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. You said um, that it's a it's a love story. And I don't know if you saw my face, but in that moment, I'm like, this is the connection. Because like I was like, I, you know, there's because you were on the podcast previously. We talked about, you know, your your love, the love story that you made, which is very totally different uh, called Querencia. Um, But it's it's you know, that is a queer love story and this is a love story you know like about about what a sweater like about a sweater and what it represents and about ancestors and about the future and you know because yeah that's absolutely the feeling that i had watching the film was that it was very joyful uh and that it is all about love speaking of love 
when you put on and I see it over your shoulder, we're not a we're not a visual podcast, but I see your ref, the replica of your your grandfather's sweater. Now it's your sweater um, over your shoulder. Uh, when you put that on, and when you put it on that very first time, you know what what changed for you? What happened within you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, every time I put it on, and especially that first time I put it on. I feel so much love and so much comfort in it. I feel closer to my late grandfather. um, And I feel supported by the matriarchs in my family who knit it and including my great grandmother, who is the one who originated the design. Um, And I, I just feel this like, yeah, this, this love and this, um, this sense of like, home you know when you when something reminds you of home that's what the sweater is for me and I live in Winnipeg now I've been Mm. here for years so it's really special for me to have like such a beautiful and like big piece of home with me here and it's cold here and it's gonna get me through the winter and I got so much other beautiful knitting from a lot of the knitters and so I'm just decked out like head to toe couch and knitting this winter I'm so excited I'm actually excited for the winter because I can wear my couch and knitting finally if there are people who who uh are horrified they're not Cowichan, they're not Coast Salish, but they are they are horrified to hear that there is some kind of, you know, counterfeit movement or cultural, you know, there are these corporations that are, you know, appropriating designs and, you know, cutting, cutting the, you know, the artists out of the out of the cycle. Um, what what are some things that people who want to buy and wear, you know, an authentic couch and sweater from Coast Salish territories. Like, what can they do to make sure that they are not doing any harm? Yeah, it's all about where you purchase your sweaters or your couch and knitting from. Um, I always recommend people go directly to knitters um, and kind of cut out the middleman because there's a lot of stores that will sell authentic couch and sweaters, but they're buying them for very cheap from the knitters and then turning a huge profit off of them. So it's best to go directly to knitters. Um, I personally give out names and numbers of knitters people weekly. Like I get messages all the time asking for, hey, can I get contact info for a knitter and I'm like sure here um here's the ones that they've allowed me to share their numbers with the public um so uh people can ask me for numbers and I'll give them uh and also there's a new website that Ron at the Victorian Native Friendship Center they've been buying sweaters for a uh, ethical price and um and they're now selling them on the website and you can go to the website and see who's who are the knitters and there's bios for them and see what sweaters they have in stock. So if you don't want to wait to have one handmade for yourself, or I mean, custom made for yourself, they're all handmade. <laughs> um, if you don't want to wait for a custom one, you can go buy one that's already made. Um, that's the only other place I would suggest people get them is through the Victoria Native Friendship Centers couch and sweater uh, website. Uh, I'll get it for you. I forget what it is off the top of my head, but I'll give that's it to fine. you. That's fine. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're if if that sounds like a great option, so you either reach out to Mary, she'll send you some numbers, or you can visit the footnotes for this episode and find a link to the Victoria Native Friendship Center's couch and sweater shop. Uh, so this film, it had its uh, television premiere in October, uh, and I know you did a lot of press. Uh, the experience of talking about uh, this this important part of your story and your family and your community, you know, and sharing that, you know, with the public, like what, what, what was that like for you? It's, it's been so heartwarming. I mean, I get messages weekly, like since releasing it and it's been over a month now, like every week, at least a couple times a week, I'll get a message, a direct message from someone that's watched the film. Um, who love it. It's mainly knitters. And like, I knew there's a lot of knitters out there, but there's a lot of knitters. And so this film has done really well. CBC is really happy with the numbers. Um, and they want to re-release it on television again over the winter, uh, which is exciting and do it across Canada. It was just out BC and Alberta on television, uh, on the release date, but like across Canada on Jen, but they're going to, uh, push for having it on every, CBC station across the country, which is really cool. Um, and I've gotten a lot of good conversations going since releasing it. There's been some really incredible um, news actually that I'm happy to share with you that um, has happened since releasing it is there's a, so, okay, there's a wool mill in Manitoba that I talked about in the film that I connected Chuck to, who's gonna help him plan his mill. Um, but the woman who owns the mill here, she has uh, a wool and yarn store in Vancouver that she started a couple decades ago, and someone has taken over since she moved to Winnipeg. But the woman who owns that store now, she reached out to me and she said, I loved your film. I heard the problems in it are having with sourcing wool. I would love to, if you're interested, if you think the knitters would be interested be a connection to my source of wool that sells the thick, chunky, natural wool, uh, sheep's wool, um, to me for wholesale and somehow find a way to get to the island, to the knitters for wholesale price. They shouldn't be paying retail. Mary. God, that's amazing. Yes. I'm like, let's jump on a call right now. Like, how, how can I make this happen? So I connected her to my producer, Tiffany Joseph, who's on the island in Saanich. And Tiffany's gone over, gotten a few spools of the wool, brought it over to show the knitters, see if they like it. Now we're waiting to hear if they do and if they want to um, have it that. But then Chuck is going to become the uh, kind of the organizer of getting that wool and distributing that wool on the island in the meantime before he gets his mill up and running because it'll probably be about a year before that happens so there's actual movement like positive change that's happened from this and I'm so happy and so just like excited that it's going to be easier and cheaper for knitters to get access to reasonably priced wool like wow. that's, that's Mary. Yeah, that's amazing. That's also says a lot about the power of documentary, you know, yes. 
and an <laughs> and an effective documentary, you know, that um, is empathetic and and honest and um, does no harm, you know, and uh, yeah, just and responsive, you know, which this was your first documentary. Does this make you be like, hey? I'm making some real change here. <laughs> do I like, do you want to do something else? Like, do you th do you think that you will spend more time in the documentary realm? Um, I think I will, but it'll be pretty sporadic because I have such a passion for scripted as well. So I definitely want to keep going with scripted and. Um, and I just started doing comedy. I directed my first television episode, which is a comedy episode of um, Acting Good. <laughs> yes, by the way, other news. I am wow. No, finally. <laughs> so I started, I, you know, I'm a drama girl. And now I've done comedy. Now I've done a doc. I'm like, okay, literally, like, I'm getting the chance to do any and all genres and formats. I've done web, I've done TV, I've done short. Next, I want to do my first feature film, which would be so fun. Yes. 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 Wow. Maybe some animation. <laughs> I don't know. You're you could do you could do anything you want to do, Mary Galloway. Um, before I bid goodbye to you today, I, I have to know. Um, you spent time in the film with yarn in your hands, you know, making circles for pom-poms and stuff. Are you knitting more now? Are you now a knitter? Ooh, oh, yeah, I'm not knitting more now, but I'm sewing, but that's different. But um, I learned how to make a toque, as you saw in the Sunday knitting class, and I loved it and I want to do more of it. However, I only was able to make that toque because I had a like expert knitter over my shoulder the entire time. <laughs> so when I'm back on the island, I for sure will pick up another set of knitting needles and give it another shot. But I think I would be totally stuck if I were to try again on my own because I only did that one toque and it was like with a lot of help. So I mean, that's like going that groove there, though. It's like it's like a master class, really. Literally. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah, so I I will knit more 100%. I definitely need more lessons. And like, it's one of those things that you can spend years on and still be getting better and improving and learning and growing. So not quite, but I loved it. And I love creating things with my hands. So I am a knitter at heart, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell that about you. I can tell that about you. Mary Galloway, it's been an absolute honor hosting you today. Where can our fans find you, follow you, celebrate you and, and your various journeys and knitting and cat ownership and sweaters <laughs> on, on the web, on social media? Yes, I'm on Instagram at Miss M Galloway and Facebook, Mary Galloway page. Uh, I am on TikTok, although I've rarely post on there but miss m miss m galloway as well i i'm on x but like i call I it twitter but yeah i know <laughs> should i just call it x i don't know but yeah twitter x whatever it is uh i'm on there i don't tweet i basically just scroll and read some some major updates on there but uh, mostly instagram facebook and sometimes tiktok but i actually like guiltily use TikTok as like my go-to place for learning everything like like how to make a 
um, quilts go on there, how to cook a vegan lasagna go on there, how to start sourdough like go on there. So it's mostly just my like go-to for researching or I'll put a call out there once in a while and be like, which I did for Corinthia. Hey, any cool musicians that are queer or indigenous that I don't know about? And like, and they're all on TikTok. So they're like, yes, yes, yeah. we are. I I mean, I watch, I mean, I guess I look at reels and my daughter's like, that was just like TikTok, but like two months later, um, you know, that's for my cat videos. But you know what? I just thought of a, maybe I, this is something we bring to Ron at the, you know, Victoria Native Friendship Center. A TikTok account that is all about all featuring all of the aunties and the grandma's couch and knitters. Yeah, totally. I think that's a great idea. And actually, um, something that I'm working on right now is creating a longer version of the couch and sweater on a legacy. Um, because there's actually so many knitters that we interviewed that didn't get screen time talking. They were just seen in like the montages and stuff. And so I'm actually adapting the doc into probably what's going to be either a full length, like hour and a half feature or like a four or six part mini series or something. So yeah. I love that. Okay. Well, when you do that, Come back on the podcast. We'll talk about that more and then all the other stuff that you're working on. Thank you so much, Mary Galloway. And listeners, you can stream The Couch and Sweater, our knitted legacy on CBC Gem. Thank you for joining us. Please like, subscribe, leave us a review if you are so inclined to help us find even more listeners and we can keep having rad conversations like the one that we had today. Find us at YVRScreenScene.com. Follow us on Twitter or X and Facebook and Instagram at YVRScreenScene and on Twitter and Mastodon and threads. I, I don't know. I'm on everything except TikTok at Sabrina Arf. The YVR Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Rani Meta Furminger, and it's edited by Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger for recording our Patreon ad and to Paul Furminger for technical support. YVR Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Every time I say all those names, I'm like, wow, that is a lot of Furmingers. And I have said that now 290 times, but we are a family company. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! Hey filmmakers! Did you know that you can hire top quality, experienced, and professional actors for your films? If you're producing a student film for course credits, working on a web series, a short or a feature film, you can afford to have some of the best talent in the business in your production. How, you ask? Well, UBCP Actor has an ultra-low budget program, which offers a range of options that cover everything from student films to productions with a $300,000 budget. There is a ULB program that will meet your needs, regardless of your budget. To learn more, visit ubcpactor.ca and look for ultra-low budget programs or email ulbprogram at ubcpactra.ca. Now is the time to jumpstart your dream for the screen.